just open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. just want to um, <clears throat> talk tonight about how we're all in it together. And um, when you look at the scriptures, of course, and you see Jesus when he called people, he, he called different ones. And, um, you know, the very first two people he called were brothers. And, um, you know, he, he comes along and he... he Basically, he encourages them there, and he just uh, encourages them to follow him, and and um, that's exactly what they did. I mean, they left everything. They left their, their fishermen, and they left left their nets. But we're just going to read just briefly here, Matthew four. It says in verse eighteen, and Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway left their nets and followed him. It's so simple, isn't it, really? And it's, it's that simple, if anyone's new here today, to follow the Lord. It's just a matter of the Lord calling you. you like um, was mentioned, repentance, baptism, and the Holy Spirit, and you get a brand new life. But I just want to look at this um, point in time about these two people, um, Simon Peter and Andrew. They were brothers. And um, the Lord called them both at the same time. And uh, as we know, we've heard a lot about Simon Peter, all the people said. <laughs> we always hear about Simon and how he walked on water and all the things he, he did. But we don't hear a lot about Andrew. And and um, I was um, I had my brother in the Lord for a time. And uh, 17 years he was in the Lord and baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, there was times where we got on really well. And there was times where we didn't get on so well, and um, sadly he fell away in the end. And and they were the times where we weren't getting on so well. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but but I suppose you know sometimes you can look at a particular person, and uh, you know maybe like Simon here. Simon was so perfect and did everything correct, but but it's not really the case. And um, when we look into the scriptures, there we're going to see briefly uh, a little bit about him and. Um, what he did there. But we'll just go to um, Matthew chapter 10. Now to start with, this is um, Jesus Christ and uh, he's, he's got the whole 12 disciples with him now and uh, he's commanding them to go forward and preach the gospel. And uh, in verse 5 it says, And these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, And go not in the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. So at this time they were told not to go to the Gentiles, not to go to the Samaritans, but he enjoins himself to them, and the whole of this chapter is all about him encouraging them to go out and preach the gospel. And, uh, and uh, you know, the one thing about Jesus was he always set the example, and uh, he... I suppose he totally understood where we were in life and how hard it was going to be to preach the gospel in our minds. But but he basically just encourages us to to go forward. And uh, you know, if as we uh, minister peace, if they respond, then it's okay. And if they don't, it's okay. But uh, you know, we just uh, let them know the peace of God there. And if it returns unto us, then we just move on to the next person. But um, just read in chapter eleven, verse one. And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. So 
He was an example in all things, Jesus Christ. And when we read about the apostles, the 12 apostles there, we often think, well, I, I suppose I do anyway, you know, that they were called and they seemed to do everything perfect, but but it's not really the case. And like I said, you know, we're going to look at um, uh, Simon there and, and Andrew and about how they were commanded in the same way, but there was times where, you know, they had to help one another. And um, when we think about that, we think about... Uh, Peter there who uh, said, you know, those words, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed it unto you, but my father which is in heaven. And um, we're just going to go to John chapter 1 and in verse 38 it says, then Jesus turned and saw them following. There was two disciples there that were following Jesus Christ and uh, one of them was Andrew there who I said was uh, Simon Peter's brother following and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? So here's Andrew with Simon Peter. He isn't on the scene at this stage, but, um, you know, the apostle Andrew there, he's already calling him master. He's already calling him rabbi. And and like I said, maybe he's one that's not mentioned a lot, but uh, when when we uh, read the rest of this story, we'll see that he was the one that was really encouraging Simon Peter. And um, he's asking him where he dwells. In verse 39, he saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. So here it is that um, Andrew actually says to Simon, look, come here. And uh, thinking about that, you know, sometimes, you know, with us, you know, as individuals and as a fellowship, you know, there's the person who you don't realise is doing things and they're saying, look, you know, and they're helping behind the scenes. They're helping, of course, to encourage brothers and sisters that are, are, are being revealed what Christ can do in their life, how he can work in people's lives. And, and uh, you know, in verse 42 it says, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon the son of Jodah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. And we go on to read about, you know, in another verse there about how he was going to um, build the church upon the, the belief or, you know, Peter was a pebble, uh, Simon Peter was a pebble, and he was going to build it upon the rock, which was Jesus Christ. But, but um, you know, sometimes I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it's when we're all in it together and supporting one another and encouraging one another, we can do a lot more. I think um, re- recently the leadership camp showed um, where people, I believe, realised that we're all equal, and sometimes there can be a thought that one is above another. I was at a house meeting at Raimundo's house meeting the other day and there was quite a few young people there who were talking about, you know, different things they were doing as far as witnessing and, uh, you know, how some of them said how the leadership camp helped them and, uh, you know, how different ones uh, when you have those little groups where you talk and that type of thing. And it was it was very encouraging. And uh, I suppose when you, you think about this, you think about um, Simon and Andrew there, they were they were encouraging one another. There was times where Simon was encouraging Andrew but, and probably more because of the things he was doing. And there was other times where... 
It was the other way around where Andrew was helping Simon. And, uh, you know, when we look into the scriptures there, this is how we want to be. We, we, we want to be able to, there's going to be a time, the Bible talks about the strong bearing the infirmities of the weak. There's going to be a time where we're all weak and there's going to be a time where we're all strong. And, uh, you know, it's, it's when we're there for one another and to help one another, we can get through whatever comes. And uh, that's what the Lord's called us on unto there. We'll just go to um, uh, John 21 and verse 2. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and, and two other uh, of the, his disciples. You know, I'm, I'm going to say I think this could have been Andrew being one of the disciples there, and because uh, they're all together at this time. But in verse three it says, "Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing." They say unto him, "We also go with thee." They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So Simon Peter here, who uh, we read about, had denied the Lord three times, and uh, you know really felt bad about it. But uh, he, in this situation, he decides he's going to go back to his old life. He's just going to go back fishing. He's just going to go back to what he was always doing. And uh, and really, he's a bad influence on the others because they they just go with him as well. But Jesus Christ comes along and uh, gets involved. And of course, uh, then they they catch this uh, these uh, fish. And because the Lord's there and involved, 153 and. I'm not going to go into the Bible numerics of it, but it's a lot to do with the church and, and building the church of God, etc. But, uh, you know, and then he says, come and dine. And it's like, you know, whenever we go out of the way, Jesus is always there. He's always going to look after us. And, and sometimes, you know, those who you think are a good example end up doing the wrong thing. And it's like, well, what are we going to do then? Are we going to support one another, encourage one another, and, and we're in it together and make sure that we continue to invite, abide in the things the Lord has called us unto? And, and I believe that's what we're going to do. We'll just go to Matthew 14 and in verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And so Jesus actually told them to go into the boat. He knew what was going to go on. He knew the, the times they were going to have. And uh, But he came in the fourth night uh, watch of the night, it talks about, or 3 a.m. in the morning, they're in the midst of the sea. Now you've got... You know, the disciples here, so Peter and Andrew would have been here again. And uh, what would have been happening is this area, they were fishermen. They knew this area. You know, they've probably never been afraid before, but all of a sudden fear comes upon them. They're worried for their lives, and, and Jesus comes into the midst. But, um, you know, I was reading this, and, and I can only, the only place I can find it where Jesus actually walked on water is this chapter. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's the only time it's mentioned. And, and uh, the other disciples were there, but, but they don't actually even, you know, um, Mark, Luke and John don't um, mention it. They don't talk about it. They talk about this exact same story, but they leave out Jesus walking on water. And maybe because of the unbelief to a certain extent, I'm not sure. But, um, but uh, we read here in verse 26, And when the disciples saw him, that's Jesus, walking on the sea, 
They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I was thinking about this and how I said, you know, we're all in it together. You know, imagine if Peter got out of the boat there and uh, all of a sudden Jesus is there, he's standing there, and he says to the other disciples, get out the boat. (laughs) You know, I can do it, you can do it. You know, let's walk on the water together. And uh, all the disciples could have walked on the water that day. And and I suppose, you know, when you think about it, that's how we want to be as a fellowship, isn't it? We want to say to each other, look, come on, you can do it. Whatever it is, we can do it together. You're not alone. You know, walking on water seems impossible. There's things we come across in our walk in the Lord that seem impossible. But when we see God, of course, it is possible. All the people said. Because the Bible says with God all things are possible. And and uh, Peter here, of course, it, it talks about when it became boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, but the Lord lifted him up. So so whenever we, we walk on water or we do those things that are impossible, the Lord is going to lift us up. We, we need to remember that, that uh, you know he's going to confirm his word with signs following. He's going to back us up no matter what we do. And, and like I said, you look at the apostles there, and although they didn't have the Holy Spirit, they walked with Jesus for three and a half years, but at times they doubted. At times they, they lost their way completely at times. And uh, we'll just go to um, Galatians chapter 2. Now this is pretty hard to explain this whole chapter here but without reading it all, but um, it talks about how there was... Uh, 14 years had passed before um, the Apostle Paul had been talking to these disciples here. And what had happened was it uh, had come to a point where, whereas Peter had seen, you know, the, the um, sheep come down with all the different animals on it. And uh, uh, Jesus had said through that um, dream that uh, partake of the animals, which weren't, uh, were forbidden under the Old Testament law. And, uh, Peter had understood these things and uh, and what happened was Paul came back with Barnabas and uh, he was talking to them about these things and uh, some some of them were saying the gentiles uh, you know couldn't be saved again or they were treating them differently really they were um withdrawing themselves from certain people and um it says in verse 4 and that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. So there were certain people there who were, you know, they were um, bringing people into bondage, that they, you know, they weren't as good as one another, that they, they weren't equal. And it says in verse 6, but of these who seemed to be somewhat, or they were even involved in the church, maybe even higher up in the um, church at the time there, although if you're higher up in the church, it must just means you're a greater servant. That's how it should be. But um, it says, they seemed to be somewhat, whosoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's person, for they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. So Paul had come along there and he started talking to them and he said, look, 
they might seem to be someone, but I've talked to them and the things they're saying aren't right and God doesn't accept any person above another and therefore, you know, I've had a conference with them and, and the things they got to say aren't helpful at all spiritually. In um, short, it says in verse 7, but contrawise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of circumcision, as we, we're not going to read it, but in Acts chapter 10 and 11, when uh, the Gentiles first received the Holy Spirit, and when you read through Galatians 2 and, and, um, in Acts 15, there's a similarity between some of the stories there where um, Paul and Barnabas uh, separated themselves. And I believe it was because of this, because uh, some had gone back to um, uh, saying that people who were Gentiles couldn't be saved. But um, it says in verse 9, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen. So this Cephas, I believe, is talking about Peter because it's already spoken about Peter. But uh, you know, the second name, sorry, of Andrew, because the second name of Andrew was Cephas as well. And uh, it says, he said, only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. So he said, there's people in the church there. They seem to be pillars. And they were pillars, basically, because they gave him the right hands of fellowship. They accepted him and and listened to what he had to say there, and it was encouraging. The only thing they said is, yes, we agree with this. We agree that there's no difference between Jew, Gentile, bond or free, but uh, we need to remember the poor. We need to care about everyone. And, uh, you know, obviously they're very caring brothers and sisters and, and wanted to, brothers in this case, they, they just wanted to help one another. But as far as we go, we want to remember everyone. We want to care for everyone. We don't want anybody to be left out. It says in verse 11, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. So I believe it was Andrew who was making a stand. But in this case, his brother, Peter, he was to be blamed. He'd actually been influenced by others the wrong way. In verse 12, For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And other Jews dissembled uh, likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried about with their dissimulation or their deceit or their hypocrisy. So, there was an influence there and it affected people like Barnabas. It affected people like uh, um, <clears throat> Simon Peter there. And uh, even though the Lord had even shown him about this sheet coming down, at this stage he's changed his uh, approach to things. He's lost his understanding. And, uh, and uh, Andrew there, as I said, he was one that was just in the background and supporting. And uh, I believe that he was able to, to help him through this situation there. Um, in verse 14, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. 
So he's saying, look, as far as this goes, you know, if you're, you're a Jew, you know, you don't need to keep the law. And if you're Gentile, how can we take them and bring them back under law? But rather it's of grace and, and uh, it's a matter of getting the balance. And so it is with us, if we're to be honest, you know. We can't be too harsh and we can't be too soft. It's, it's getting the balance. It's caring for each and every person and uh, understanding where they fit into the plan and purpose of God. And we'll just go to um, no, 1 Peter, sorry. We're reading there, of course, the book of Galatians, which you know, was written, in, from what I can understand, about 49 to 50 AD. And now we're reading in the book of Peter, which is about 64 to 65 AD. So, so we read, you know, we've got some brothers who were in the Lord a long time at this stage, but um, it's like there's about, you know, um, 15 years between that time when Galatians was written, which we read about, and uh, when First Peter is written, and and like I said, you know, when we look at this, we'll see that um, Peter had listened, he'd learned, and uh, in chapter one, verse one, it says, "Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father." through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience and sprinkling sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So he's, he's talking to uh, some Gentiles here and some children of Israel and he's, he's understanding, you know, down the track he's changed and uh, he's, he's come to understand what the Lord had said to him in the beginning. They call no man unclean or common or or anyone above another, and you know he he realised he did the wrong thing when he withstood the brethren. He shouldn't have done that. And uh, you know each and every one of us, as I said, you know we're going to do things that are right, and at times we're going to do things that aren't right. But it's a matter of making sure that we continue on, that we continue on supporting one another. You know we're in it together to help one another, as I said, and. Um, it says that he understood here through sanctification of the Spirit. And anyone who isn't here to be sanctified by the Spirit is to be set apart, set apart from this world. You receive the Holy Spirit of God and you become a brand new creature, a brand new person. Your old life changes, is um, taken away and you start a brand new life. And uh, that's what the Lord wants to do, of course, for each and every person. And we'll just turn over in chapter 2 and verse 12. And this is, as I said, this is Peter talking and he'd taken the encouragement, I believe, of his brother and the other apostles there. And, uh, you know, they were all called at the same time. But, uh, you know, the Lord works with us as we go, as I said. And uh, the apostles here who we look at as being the pinnacle, let's say, of uh, the New Testament when Jesus was walking the earth, each and every one of them, as we go, if we go through it, we can't, but... Um, they uh, had to learn certain things, and Peter had to learn certain things. And as I said, uh, it appears to be 15 years later, in chapter 2 and in verse 12, it says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation or the day the Lord returns. Submit yourselves 
to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, etc. So he says here, you know, keep a good testimony before the Gentiles. He not only realised the Gentiles were saved and that they were equal and important, he was saying to everyone else now, this is how you need to lead your life. This is how you need to be. And he'd learnt from these things. And as I said, you know, we all learn. I mean, we, we read, of course, about um, Peter denying the Lord three times. But, you know, it's exciting to see people, even if they go through their difficult times, and we've We've heard it recently about some brethren who've come back to the fellowship and, uh, you know, and we've seen the, the change in their life and they're just thrilled that God's working in their lives. And, and even with Peter here, you know, it was a big thing to, uh, have that dissimulation where he, uh, respected one person above another. It was something that could have destroyed him. But praise the Lord, as we read here, you know, he was one who learnt from it. And, and that's what we do. No matter what we go through, no matter lo- how long we've been in the Lord, we keep learning from these things. We just finish in 1 Corinthians 12. And in verse 23, And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, upon these we, we bestow more abundant honour. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Why is that? Why do we care for each and every part of the body? Because we don't know who they're going to be in the future. We don't know how they're going to grow in the future. We don't know if maybe they're going to be like, you know, Peter, who we read about, or Andrew, or or uh, the Apostle Paul, or, you know, um, our sisters who we read about that uh, were serving the brethren there, or, you know, or, or a sister that's going to bring someone to the Lord. You know, we don't know who what's going to happen. So... As the Bible says there, those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, upon these we bestow more abundant honour. Verse 24, For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honour to that part which lacketh. And as I said with Andrew and Simon there, they went through their times and we always hear about Simon Peter walking on water and thou art the Christ, the son of the living God and, you know, flesh and blood hasn't revealed it unto you. But but Andrew there who doesn't get much of a mention in the New Testament, just, uh, sorry, apart from when the apostles are all together and a a couple of um, things in the Gospels there and maybe a little bit uh, as you go through after the book of Acts, he doesn't get a lot of mention but he made a big difference and each and every one of us can make a big difference in all people's heads.